Welcome into the BSN Buffs Podcast, live from the Lake Street Tavern. I am Jake Shapiro, alongside former editor of BSNBuffs.com, Ryan Konigsberg, and the editor of BSNBuffs.com, Will Whalen. Uh, we're at the lovely Blake Street Tavern right now, but we like another place as well, and that is the Colorado Keg House out in Broomfield right next to the First Bank Center. Yeah, 75 Colorado Craft Beers on tap. They are the home for Colorado Craft Beer. Wheat beers, nitros, IPAs, and ales. Nobody does craft beer like the Colorado Keg House. Whether you're sitting at their huge bar, their tables, or their lounge, you're going to have a TV on with sports in front of you. So next time you're looking for something to do, get down to the Colorado Keg House off Wadsworth and 36th in Broomfield. And just down the road from 36th is Folsom Field, and there's going to be football back at Folsom Field in just a little while. Uh, so we are going into that, and we are going almost full football mode now, full steam ahead into fall camp, and uh, we got some topics around that today, uh, whether that be the new tailgate rules, uh, which teams are most hated in the Pac-12 among Buffs fans. Uh, we also have some news, and we're going to start off with the news in the show because uh, there's a lot of stuff going on with the Colorado Athletic Program and Forever Buffs right now. Yeah, housekeeping issues, as some would call them. Yes, yes, Tidy yes. things up a little bit here on the Buffs podcast. Indeed, indeed. So the uh, throw, uh, the basketball tournament, I always want to call them the throwback team, but that's what they are. <laughs> the throwback <laughs> Thursday tournament. Throwback Thursday tournament. Uh, that includes many a name uh, that we've included on bsnbuffs.com. They have advanced to the Super 16. Is, isn't that what it's called in yes, this tournament? Yes, the Super 16. And they will face the Arizona for, uh, alumni team that knocked them out last year, I believe. Uh, so... I don't. I don't think that's who knocked them out last year, but I, yeah, I it was some so like either. random team I that went like on I to made win. That up. No, they finished second. Okay, the team that knocked them out okay. finished second last year. Marcus Hall has been on an absolute tear for that team, though. Um, you know, and I remember talking to these guys last year, heading up into this tournament, and when I touched base with them, all of them mentioned, you know, maybe I can really go off in this tournament and catch the eye of someone somewhere who's watching from an NBA team, uh, and the type of tear that Marcus Hall is on right now really could catch someone's eye. I mean, back, you know, going back to his college days, he wasn't always a, like, a knockdown three-point shooter. Well, he hit six of eight in the last game, uh, really showing off what he's been working on for all these years now. I hope he keeps it up, and I really hope someone takes notice. The other thing that's going on with former basketball players, uh, Shannon Sharp went absolutely <laughs> viral again. Yeah. Uh, this dude goes viral more than Ryan and I. He can end <laughs> people's lives when he gets in the air. One of the most impressive athletes that we've seen wear a Colorado uniform in a long time. What's scary, though, is according to all reports, before the ACL, he was, he was even more, more bouncy. Yeah. Like, how, how – I mean, I can't even imagine that. Yeah. No, it's, it's stupid. It really is. And speaking of another basketball player, Spencer Dinwiddie is having a heck of a summer league for the Chicago Bulls. Uh, reading through an article on the Chicago Bulls website, I mean, they're – I mean, the shade that the Bulls website is throwing at Jerry and Grant is hilarious. Is Sam Smith doing it? Yes. Um, yes. Sam yes, Smith it is. is awesome. Uh, it is amazing. The best part is that at the top of everything he writes, it has to say, the contents of this page have not been reviewed by the Chicago Bulls. <laughs> I know, it, it's, it's amazing because he's just said, like, Spencer Dinwiddie's averaging 12, I think, points a game, shooting over 40%, which has been his Achilles heel uh, in the NBA is his shooting numbers have been horrific. So good to see him having some success. I mean, I, I have a hard time believing that the Bulls aren't going to give more of a shot to Jerry and Grant or whoever. And or they Isaiah Cannon, up. who right. they just signed yesterday. They, they signing point guards. They absolutely stacked their point guard to really pretty much figure out who the hell is going to play this for us this season. Uh, but, I mean, nonetheless, good for Dinwiddie, having a good summer league. Same Probably thing won't as the T- stick with the Bulls. Right, but, same thing I mean. as the TBT. Someone, someone somewhere is seeing this. Yeah, yeah exactly. 
The other basketball piece of news is Wes Gordon is leading uh, the team in rebounds, the Pac-12 team over in Australia right yeah. now. I remember, uh, who was it last year from the Buffs that went XJ. already? No, that was no, two that was years, two years ago. ago. Two years ago. But I remember uh, he, he came back and talked about how good of an experience that was. Was it two George? years ago? No. Yeah, two years yeah, ago. Yeah, because he, he wasn't ace, injured. Yeah, 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 yeah. Last year. Um, Treshawn Fletcher did something. I think it was like the athletes, athletes in action. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, good for Wes Gordon. He's not scoring the ball very much. I mean, this is a team with a lot of guys who put up a lot of shots, and that's not Wes's personality to demand the ball. Um, leading the team in rebounds, as we said, uh, they've had some success down there. I mean, they played the Australian national team, which is filled with – I mean, you look at some of the guys on that team, that's a really good international team. They're ranked, I think, among the top ten international teams in the world by FIBA. Uh, so good for Wes going down there, having a good time. And, I, I, again, I really wish somebody would just put a damn camera in his face and follow him everywhere into the most ridiculous Australian like, eateries possible because that would be the funniest thing I'd <laughs> like, ever Like, what watch. do you mean you guys eat kangaroos? Like, <laughs> like what, would uh, not, he wouldn't conceptualize Here's my question, and I just thought of this. I remember reading in the first game they played the Melbourne Tigers. Is that not Nate Tomlinson's team? No. So there's, so I believe he started with them, but he's on Melbourne United right now, oh. which is of the National Basketball League. The Melbourne Ti- Tigers are a secondary league. Okay, okay. Yeah. And I would be remiss if I didn't give a shout-out to another current Buffalo who is balling out overseas right now, Kennedy Leonard. Yes. Um, her first not ever – former Buffalo, current Buffalo. I said, I said current Buffalo. I was making uh, – stop talking. Anyways, Anyways – uh, just absolutely balling out in her first ever major tournament game on the international level. She scores 24, backs it up the next game with 25, uh, really leading that team as, I mean, kind of like she was last year, a freshman in a sense to what they are. So a lot of different buffs getting a lot of different buckets all over the world right now. And then perhaps the coolest story across all forever buffs uh, stuff, another female athlete, uh, Emma Coburn, going going to not play, going to to compete, compete. Do, compete. going go. to do her thing in Rio, uh, that's going to be absolutely awesome. Uh, you get some buff representation over in the Olympics. And then the other piece of news is Chito, uh, Chito Bayouzier has been named in the Nagurski Anthorpe watch list preseason here. So uh, buffs all over the news. Uh, if you're not in, in a, a good, good mood way. right now yeah. listening to this, uh, yeah. then something, something is wrong. Like there's, there's not been a bad piece of news in a few weeks for the buffs. Uh, right. Since the last quarterback, basically, and, and, and they, down, basically, and they've been getting commitments still, right on the football side of things. I mean, the recruiting is humming along. Uh, Grant Pauly, yeah, absolutely. Just and a couple days ago, another guy who's ranked as a four star on at least one scouting service. I mean, this is many things are looking good on the uh, on the CU Buffs sports side of things right now. Um, and we're not going to just sit here and you know clamor over all of that all show there. We're going to get into some other topics. But, again, it's just I think it's important to note that, you know, we don't have time to talk about all of this stuff getting ready for fall camp. So, you know, touching base and making sure CU fans that maybe weren't aware of something like Emma Coburn, uh, Kennedy Leonard, uh, might get a little bit of exposure to those. No doubt. And, uh, you know, another thing that was in the news, uh, and why don't we just lead off with this? Because, you know, we got, it's, it's going to time up perfectly here. The, the tailgate setup, and I, I think this is something that's on the minds of anyone that goes to a game at Folsom Field. I know this year was the first year I really got involved in the tailgates, and I realized how cool of a scene that was. A uh, little bit of different atmosphere going to be next year. Uh, Ryan, you, you knew the rules. You, you read them off to me. Uh, what's going to change with the atmosphere and the tailgates and the new IPF and all that? Yeah, I wouldn't necessarily call it rules. Uh, it's just a new setup they're going to be working on, um, and it's just in Franklin Field right next to the IPF, and... and 
I'll lead off by saying that is now a practice field for the football team. Um, if you get up there, I saw it the other day for the first time. It's pristine. It's gorgeous. Uh, it looks beautiful. Finally got some you know, bright green grass next to that IPF. And they're bringing in a new company. It's called Seven South Tailgating, who is basically going to set it up so you can still tailgate on that field without having to bring cars on there, which is obviously what the coaches don't want on their practice yeah. field. Um, you'll park in the IPF if you do this setup, and you basically pay for a service where they, where they will set up your tailgate for you, you know, a tent, a uh, grill if you need it, chairs if you need it, tables if you need it. Uh, and so it's, it's a compromise. And when I first heard of this, it kind of bugged me because to me tailgating is so personal. Everyone tailgates differently. And, I th- and, and that's a very CU thing to me is it's a very wide variety of tailgates. You know, you've got the people yeah. with the giant massive rig that has – 10 grills on it and a smoker and you know they've got a tv mounted and then you've got the person who just you know pulls up their subaru and pulls out a charcoal grill out of the back and throws some brats on there so i like that atmosphere um but the more i read about this the more i kind of understand why i see you had to do it it's a it's a good compromise to get people still out there um and it's been it was successful at old miss where the exactly. whole thing started exactly it started there because their founders uh, and co-owners are Ole Miss graduates, and we and when you talk about lists of like the best tailgating atmospheres in in the country, the Grove at Ole Miss is always among that conversation, um, and it's not just the scenery, but it's also the setup that they have. And you know, I love, I, I completely agree with you, Ryan, in the sense that tailgating is very personal. You do it your own way, um, but I think at a certain point, bringing in something like this to with the disruption that there was going to be <clears throat> to the tailgate scene, with the new construction, with the practice field, uh, it's nice to see that the university realized this. It's nice to see that the university uh, kind of took some action uh, and was proactive about finding a solution that is geared towards making the fan experience on, on game day a little bit more streamlined. It's geared towards making things a little bit easier for folks while also keeping a, you know, a facility pristine for the use of their program. You know, so I, I think this is kind of a that paper. It, it's a big boy move. I really think it's a big boy move. That's all. That's Rick George. That's all he operates in is big boy moves. So, yeah, I mean, some people are going to be pissed. I get it. And Everybody's like said, always going to be pissed about something, though. Uh, and not to say that they shouldn't be. It's just that you're, you're never going to make, as an administrator, you're never going to make a decision that appeases absolutely everybody. Right. And as I said on Twitter yesterday, like, I'm not exactly sure how to feel about this. I have to wait and see. But the more I've researched it, the more I've looked into it, the more I've talked to people, uh, it definitely sounds like it has, it has an upside. And it is a compromise to keep tailgating um, where I really think is the one of the best places for tailgating. I mean, yeah. you know, you get up there on, on a Saturday morning and – you have the, the beautiful stadium there with all the, with the new facade, and you've got the mountains. Did you just say facade? You yes. did say facade. What did I mean to say? Facade? Facade. No, no, no. Um, like a face. The face. A facade? facade. Sure. <laughs> Maybe that's I was like, I was like what in the hell? <laughs> F-A-C-A-D-E or something like that? Okay. Sure. So I was like, what the hell is a facade? If you wanted to uh, tailgate, let's say, uh, by – uh, Farrand or, you know, out by uh, Coors, or Coors Event Center, I see guy, people tailgating all over. You can still get your car out there, basically. Right. Still this, so this is just for Franklin Field. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. This is, uh, exactly. That's why this is, 
know, it's a solution that's like, okay, like maybe it's not everybody's favorite thing. But honestly, when it comes down to it, you know what makes tailgating great? Alcohol, food, and a bunch of other people that are wanting to consume those exact things around you. That's, I mean, that's at the end of the day, what matters is everybody getting drunk, everybody getting fat, and everybody having a good time. I definitely thought those were two different words. Learn something new every day. That's what we are here at the BSN Buff Podcast for. You know what makes tailgating the best, Will? What? Winning football. We're going to come right back and talk about perhaps a winning football season with the Colorado Buffalo on the other side of this commercial. Preferred Organic Therapy is one of Denver's original dispensaries. With over 30 strains to choose from, we offer elite cannabis that is grown clean with zero harmful pesticides and always hand-trimmed. Nobody gives you the variety that Preferred Organic Therapy does. Our knowledgeable staff will guide you through your shopping experience and ensure you make a well-informed decision. Stop by today for daily specials and to see why customers are raving about Preferred Organic Therapy. Conveniently located at 1569 South Colorado Boulevard, mention BSN Denver and instantly save 15%. Preferred Organic Therapy, a better way to heal. Hi, I'm Erica Chenard, and I've been helping Colorado homeowners buy and sell for 14 years. From the biggest names in Colorado to first-time buyers, I treat each and every one like an MVP. I've sold over 170 homes in the last 12 months, and I can help you sell your current one or buy your next one. Call me, Erica Chenard, at 720-663-1003 or online at denvercohomes.com. Hey, Josh, what happened to Colorado Keg House? I was just there yesterday, Adam. It's the same great place with 72 Colorado craft beers on tap. Really? I heard they had up to 60 breweries in there. I figured they must have moved into a huge building or something. That means they have up to 60 different breweries on tap, dude. Do you think they actually crammed 60 breweries in there? Oh, so they still have 27 TVs? Yeah. And NFL Sunday ticket? Yep. Cool. Still awesome. Colorado Keg House, Colorado's home for craft beer by the First Bank Center in Broomfield. Fossil Trace Golf Club is a destination for golfers across the country. Tucked into the foothills of Golden, Colorado, Fossil Trace is one of the most unique courses in America. Hole 12 was named one of the most fun 18 holes in America by Golf Digest. Fossil Trace is 5280's best golf course, and it's less than 20 minutes from downtown Denver. Go to Fossil Trace to escape the ordinary and discover the extraordinary with prehistoric and modern. Schedule your tea time up to 60 days in advance at FossilTrace.com. Don't miss the Yamaha Get Out and Ride sales event at Coyote Motorsports. With low APRs, huge customer cash, and more on Yamaha motorcycles, ATVs, and side-by-sides. From championship Yamaha sport bikes and YZs to sport ATVs and side-by-sides and Grizzly, Viking, and Wolverine models. So see Coyote Motorsports today for huge Get Out and Ride savings. Offers good 216 through 63016 on select Yamaha motorcycles, ATVs, and side-by-sides. See Coyote Motorsports for details. Welcome back to the BSN Buffs Podcast, live from the Blake Street Tavern. But hey, Ryan, I know you're moving down to Centennial. And you know what? If you're coming down from Centennial to Lodo to watch, let's say, a Rockies game, you got to stop off at the Lincoln Light Rail Station. You know I will. Because the Clock Tower Grill is there, and on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, they have some of the best specials in town. 
and it's the perfect place to get your pregame on. So hop off on the Lincoln Light Rail Station, or at the Lincoln Light Rail Station, and stop over the Clock Tower Grill. I plan on doing that many a time, many a time. Although I'm really sad that I'm moving, not gonna lie. You could do that when you're uh, heading down to the Rocky Mountain Showdown even, because of the light rail station right outside of the Sports Authority field. Something tells me I just won't, you know, I'll, I'll be going straight to the bottle. <laughs> Not to the bar. <laughs> I don't have to work the game this year, folks. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, uh, speaking of bottles and bars, I, I couldn't come up with a transition there. But, speaking uh, of the Rocky Mountain Showdown. Yeah, yeah. There's, there um, it is. But we saw this on all buffs. It, it seems that fans are nervous about this game. They're always nervous about this game, and rightfully so. We all know that if the buffs lose this game, they're losing to a non-Power 5 team. It's all of your worst nightmares combined in one. It's the in-state rival. It's whatever. But this year, this game goes back to normal. It's the first game of the year. It's not the second game of the year. Uh, we were kind of talking about this off-air a little bit about the different effects this is going to have on the team and uh, you know some of the struggles the team might have because it is the first game of the year. Yeah, I mean, well, first of all, this is it's a really important game. And, you know, reading through social media, reading through all buffs, reading through every single message board there is regarding CU, um, there, there are two camps here. One camp is this game means so much more to CSU than it does to CU. It's stupid. We shouldn't play it. Blah, blah, blah. All right. And they're not a rival. That's, that's what people say. Uh, the other camp is, well, every time you lose to CSU, that should be a big red flag for your coaching staff. You know, when... When Embry lost to CSU in his second year, that was the beginning of the end for him. When Mike McIntyre lost to CSU year two, all of a sudden people started to have concerns about Mike McIntyre. So there are two camps. And you know what? I'm, I, I am of kind of in the middle. This game means absolutely as much to CU as it does to CSU. Not just because of the rivalry that older fans don't want to admit exists. Not because of, you know, the headlines in the Denver Post make such a big deal when CSU wins and they don't give a damn when, uh, when CSU wins, they give a damn. When CSU wins, they don't. Not because of all that. But because of, as you said, Jake, when you beat CSU to start your season, you have energy. All of a sudden, you start off on the right foot. Now, that... Football, given a week between each game, momentum is kind of a fickle thing, and I get that. But for fan interest, you lose to CSU and you're screwed. For fan interest, you beat CSU, maybe you get some students to the next you game. You heard it here last week when Allie and yep. I were basically exactly. said that word for word. Exactly. And so all that's there. CU fans need to stop being so damn high and mighty about this game. CSU, guess what? The last 10 years... Yeah, CU has generally sucked. I, I, I get it. And they're still 6-4 and four against the Rams in the last 10 years. That's a, that's a telling stat. But people always say, well, for CSU, this is, their, this is their Super Bowl. Guess what? It's not anymore. It still is. It, it's not. It still is. CU's not the best team they play every single year. doesn't some matter. Year, it's the only it team that their fans care about. Wrong. Right. Wrong. Right. Wrong. We can't just keep going back and forth with that. It's terrible radio. But the, re the reality is, is, of course, they care so much about the CU game. I, 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 I will never concede that point. But the truth is, 
they care more now, all of a sudden, that their team's going to bowl games, all of a sudden that their team is competing in the Mountain West. Maybe it's just like their ignorant arrogance. Maybe that's what it is. But they are more active and more proactive about supporting other matchups than CU throughout the season. They were no. really into that Minnesota game, huh, Will? They actually were. They got a they good crowd for it. They actually really were. But the point is they don't care nearly as much. Their fans go to the CU game, and, and if they lose, they're pissed off. They go to another game, and they lose. They don't care. I would disagree, I, I would disagree in the sense of this. The, the casual fans on each side, I think, fit that description oh, I, to a T. When, when the casual fan goes to a game and they lose to CSU as a CU fan, they're pissed. They leave like, oh, what the hell? I'm going to go fight somebody in the parking lot because I took too much testosterone pills pregame. Hell yeah. I don't know if you've ever touched a testosterone pill. <laughs> uh, I was talking the, about the fight part. Oh, okay. The casual CSU fan goes to the Rocky Mountain Showdown. They lose to CU, and they're pissed. Oh, I'm going to start a fight and then like go back to my ranch or something like that. But the, the real fans, the fans that you know, support your program no matter what, I think those are the fans at CSU that have started to move on. They care about Wyoming. I mean, you look at the locker rooms at CSU, inside the locker rooms, and I forget why I was in their locker rooms, both the basketball and, and the uh, football meeting rooms, but the, they don't even list, like, on the motivating season goals. They don't list CU. At the end of it, it's always, and beat Wyo. That is always, and who knows what the coaches actually say, but... CU fans, guess what? CSU is not a gimme any single year. No, not I, a I single year. With you on that. They're not. And if your players aren't getting up for that game, if you as a fan aren't getting up for that game, you're not high and mighty. You're not the bigger school. No, you're dumb because you're going to go out and get the crap kicked out of you and you're going to look really stupid after it happens. Get up for the game. It means as much to you as it does to them because it's your first game of the season and you have more to lose. That means it should be more to you. If you have more to lose, you should care more. Right. Absolutely. And the thing is, the players don't feel that way. You don't have to worry about the players right, right. getting up. It's really just an older fan thing that try and play this game down. And we talked about it last week. We, we can talk. Uh, it matters. The game matters. CSU is the rival, no matter what you say. And that's a rivalry game. And if you lose, you're in a lot more trouble than they are if they lose. Yes. And, I mean, look at the results in the past. And. Because CU is the only one in the past, what, 15 years? CSU has only won a game once by double digits. Yeah, in about the, it was 2014. You have to go back to 1999 for them winning by double digits. CU, when they win, they either win by three or they win by 14, 17, 20. And sure, that's a reflection of where you are as a program, but I just I hate this attitude that I get from CU fans so often that's like, oh, you know, it's it, little brother. They're in the Mountain West. We need to end this. What, ending the series is idiotic. Get it off. Get it out of Denver for sure. Get it on campuses. I, I, would, I would agree with people that if, from a CU perspective, ending the series is advantageous. I, I completely it looks, disagree. It, looks, it kind of looks bad, maybe. It looks real bad. But a. only to the person – who thinks that CU has some sort of obligation to play CSU for CSU's sake? But why, why is there even that attitude? Why, why not play C, CSU for CU's sake? Because there, there is nothing in it for CU. A win. 
There's a there's a win o- can, over a team that can get part of your fan. But you can play, guess what? The, but you the can students play. that you have at this school now are going to be your season ticket holders. So why in don't 10 you years. just why don't you just play New Mexico? Nobody gives a damn about New Mexico. And nobody everybody gives, cares about CSU. We talk about it so often because everybody cares. You don't cares. have to worry about CS. You don't have to worry about New Mexico making it their Super Bowl. You you probably will in four years if you play New Mexico every year. And then you don't have to play New Mexico. You can play New Mexico, and then you can play UNLV, you and I get to Wyoming. go to Vegas again. Why, why are fans so hell-bent on ending a rivalry that theoretically you should dominate? Every they, rivalry they has don't. somebody. Every and rivalry. that's the scary part, because CU has to compete and so in it. And you want to and, run from that? And CSU. Why? Because there's well, nothing here, in it for them. If CU wins that game, it's a discounted win. If CU loses that game, it's a horrible loss. So should every – okay – should every Power Five conference team that has a rivalry or a local school that is not in a Power Conference should they cancel those games? They that those are those are few and far between. They're try not. Name, try, t- name another one. Okay, so we He's can start name with West Virginia. I know him. Okay, West Virginia Marshall <laughs> is definitely one of them. You talk about the amount of times that Stanford played San Jose State. That's their Super Bowl every single year. But it's, it's not even close. Okay, keep going. Then you have BYU Utah. No, it's historic. Hard. That's historically, not, those have been at least on the same par. Of BYU schools. doesn't is not exactly BYU but, is not CSU. But think about before when Utah was in the Mountain West. BYU was a far superior program forever. I mean, BYU has history. But BYU has been an independent for most of that history, and the conference landscape has changed in the last five to ten years. Of course, it's changed. Everything's so, going to change. See. So if, C- also, if, if CSU these- gets into a Power Five conference in the next five years, do you but, reschedule that game? But it's it's maybe. And I it's, think they're but, already but planning that, on rescheduling. Right, but that BYU comparison, I think that's like comparing. Oh, Michigan plays Notre Dame. Is is it like that? And it's I know you're talking I, about like two I, of the I know best Utah. Ever. I know Utah is not Michigan or Notre Dame. But what I'm saying is, it's hard it's to compare that because it's an independent. So it, it's a different landscape. But what so I will you, say you is, still, you if CSU me- is in the in a Power Five conference, which I do not think is happening, you play that game every year. Every time a big school plays a little school, it's theoretically that little school Super Bowl. Every right, single but it's time. Very different than for being an in-state rival that you play in the first game of every year. And that is a good thing. It's a good thing to have that. It's a great thing to have that. A game every single year. Who's going to show up to watch CU play New Mexico? Me. Who? No. You, you and ten friends. Who's going to show up to here. watch Wyoming? All that and Wyoming and Colorado played in Folsom Field like four years ago, and there was no one there. There's nobody. Of folks nobody there. gives a damn. A lot of folks. Nobody gives a damn unless it's CSU. It's great for the program it's because not. it gets people to give a. It gets people to care it about doesn't. your program. It doesn't. We're talking about it in the off season. We're not talking about a single or damn matchup, and we're talking about CSU in the off season. It's idiotic to say it doesn't matter. Get out of here with that noise. All Come I can on. say is if. If this series went on through, CSU could win every single game between now and 2056 and still not have as many wins in the series as CU. I just felt like throwing that sad in there. Okay, so. But, but like, if CU were to play Air Force every year for the next 10 years, is Air Force the next CSU? Like, well, Air Force is at a, it's different because it's an academy. I mean, right, on. and maybe they even have more prestige than CSU. They do, a lot more. Really? I think so, too. When you think of Air Force football right now, you think it more highly than CSU? 100%. Oh. 100%. Air Force is way more tradition than CSU. 
in the I past Air, lifetime I of anybody Air, who's playing in the program? Let's put it this way. I know Air Force's fight song word for word. I do not even know. That literally means nothing. The Rams. That literally means book. nothing. Okay. <laughs> okay. Anyways, back to this. No, I think, again, it's, you have a rivalry that has been lopsided. I get it. But, I mean, Colorado-Nebraska was lopsided. And, and I don't think that the overall record defines everything. It's a big thing. All I know it doesn't is define that everything. on a yearly basis, there's nothing in it for CU except for maybe getting a few folks interested. I, th- I think you're vastly overestimating the caring of Colorado football fans regarding a nothing game. If, 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 the, if you if schedule Colorado... anybody else to that, okay, say you schedule, say you fill it like some of the games that they filled, we, Texas A&M, you fill it with we, other big-time programs. Let's talk this year. If it wasn't for CSU being this weird game that everyone has to care about, we could be talking about Michigan right now. But that, that's why this game is important to Colorado football. Because when you talk about Michigan, you're talking about something – it's a different conversation. It sounds like CSU is a distraction the way you're painting it. In my mind, at least. CSU is a distraction from the goal. Just think about Why, how much. Like, if your goal is to win football games, then it's not a distraction. If your goal is to okay, how about this? Your your University of Colorado shouldn't you want to establish your dominance every single year? Mike McIntyre probably loses sleep every single night over the CSU game. You think every single night? If I was him, I would. Fair enough. This is his job. This is his job. Yeah. If I was him, I would fall asleep every single night thinking about how am I going to make sure I beat CSU. Yeah. And that wouldn't be the case if they were playing. New Mexico in the first game of the season. Or Texas A&M. Which, uh, okay, what's, what's your point? My point is that it's not, it's not beneficial. It's not beneficial to play this game. I, I, I just, I can't, I get from a university standpoint of why getting that game out of Denver is vital. Oh, well, that's, an, that's I, a game. Right, right, I get that. I get. And I like the game. I like going to the game. I, I enjoy it every year. I, I understand why some CU fan, I understand why people have the perspective of it does nothing for the university, for the program. Because if you beat them, it doesn't move the needle nationally. If you lose, it, it really it's moves the needle. Front page news in the right. Denver Post. And I get that. That is a good thing to have as a program. That is that a good pressure? thing every single year to have that game that, A, can get your entire fan base riled up. I think that's a good thing out of place. Alabama doesn't need that game. Florida doesn't need that game. Florida State doesn't need that game. Colorado does. Nebraska doesn't need that game. Colorado does. And, that, and, that's, and it's fine to admit that. I think it's a good thing to always have that team that riles your fan base up all year round. And when you lose, there should be repercussions. Because it, it's a game that means something that has ramifications. Whereas New Mexico moves no needles one way or another. See who loses to New Mexico, nobody, nobody's going to care. Nobody. See who loses to Idaho State, nobody's going to care. See who loses to Wyoming, nobody's going to care. See who loses to Colorado, there's, or see who loses to Colorado State, there's ramifications, and there should be. And if you win, it's, you walk out of there like, yeah, you're damn right. That's who we are. That's what we're supposed to do. That's a good game. That only works, though, when you have. blow them out. It only works if you blow them out and you say, look, we're Colorado. Of course you blow out Colorado State. Even last year, no one left. Like, everyone cheered and hugged each other when, when they won. No one left that stadium feeling like, all right, we're the buffs. As, we really gave it to them. As someone who drove home with their friends that go to the school, 
No one was singing the fight song in the car. Everyone was just going, whew. Oh my god, that, I can't believe we got out of that game. That's fine. There's nothing no, wrong with no, that. No, you're supposed to be happy you won a football game, not oh no, my god, that, I can't believe we almost lost an to expect, CSU. This program has no expectations. If you have one game that's an expectation until you make it back, that is a good thing. And when you make it back, you get these games on campus and they mean even more. That's a good thing to have as a program. It's too dangerous. Stop being scared of being a, a dangerous game in college football. Stop running and being scared. Man up, play the team, and win it if you think you're better. Speaking win. of teams that rival or rile people up, uh, we're going to talk about some of the other teams in the Pac-12 that maybe that are hated by CU fans or just disliked uh, at this level thus far, uh, and who we believe uh, gets the fans a little under gets under the fans' skin. They should cancel all those games too. Yeah. Sure should. They should just go zero and zero. We'll be right back in the BSN Bucks <laughs> podcast. That was an epic game. I could really relax now. Let's go to a dispensary. Yeah, that's a great idea, but it's after seven, so all the dispensaries in Denver are closed. Wait. Life Flower on Leedsdale serves both medical and recreational until midnight daily. Best of all, they're a one-stop shop. They have a huge variety of edibles, drinks, concentrates, flour, and they even have glass in case we need a pipe. Oh, cool. Let's go. Life Flower Dispensary. Open 8 a.m. to 12 a.m. Monday through Sunday. Mention BSN Denver and get 15% off your entire purchase. Rain, sleet, or snow. 24 hours a day. Residential or commercial. You name it, A-Team does it. A-Team Garage Doors will meet or beat any estimate and offer same-day repairs. A-Team Garage Doors has a five-star rating and is a home advisor elite service provider. Call A-Team Garage Doors at 720-556-8016. That's A-Team Garage Doors, 720-556-8016. Call 8016 for the A-Team. If you or somebody you know has been in any type of accident, call Flesh Law. You do not want to face the insurance company alone. If you're not sure what to do, Flesh Law offers free consultation and will meet with you for as long as you need. And if you do decide to file, Flesh Law will have your litigation started immediately so that they can get your case resolved quickly. Call Flesh Law at 303-806-8886 or Google Flesh Law. That's 303-806-8886 for Flesh Law. Hi, this is Justin Gold from Justin's. If you've had my nut butter or my peanut butter cups, then you know that I take my products and my customers very seriously. So when I needed my roof replaced, I wanted somebody who feels the same way about their customers and their products that I do. Luckily for me, I found exactly that when I went to Chip Ezzo from Chip's Roofing, and he provided me with a service that I'll never forget. Not only did they build me a beautiful high-wind roof with the best products available, but the quality, price, and service was exceptional. I was in contact with Chip the entire time, and him and his crew couldn't have been more professional. Chip's Roofing has my business for life. Chip's Roofing, Colorado's high-wind roofing experts for 30 years. You can find us online at chipsroofingllc.com. That's chipsroofingllc.com. Or call us now at 720-938-ROOF. That's 720-938-ROOF. Once again, 720-938-ROOF. Jackson's Hole opened up in March of 1977 and quickly became the place for watching all sporting events. Almost 40 years later, Jackson's All-American Sports Grill is keeping the reputation alive. We've upgraded our TVs to 65 and 70-inch HD flat screens 
We have amazing food, and to top it all off, we have almost 30 beers on tap, including our table taps you can control at your own table. Come down to Jackson's All-American Sports Grill in Greenwood Village off of Arapahoe and I-25. Jackson's, the original sports grill. Back on the BSN Buffs podcast, and now that we've established that CU should go undefeated every year with a 0-0 zero zero zero. Zero record, uh, just like the DU football program has for the oh. last five decades, what teams in the Pac-12, I'll just get right to it, which teams in the Pac-12 you think get under people's skin? We, we watch fans every week react to the different Pac-12 teams. We see them get riled up and... We kind of have a good feel for it. Or which teams even piss you guys off, their fan bases, or teams in general? Yeah, I think, well, we got this idea because we were looking on, uh, there was a poll run on All Buffs, and got, got quite a bit of participation uh, about which Pac-12 team do you hate the most, and they wanted to limit it to football because we know there's a separate kind of entity for basketball and, and rivalries and whatnot. But I, was, I wasn't shocked by who got the most votes. I was shocked by who got the second most votes. Arizona State dominated the poll. Uh, See, I am shocked by that, but go on. Well, And I'll tell you what. Arizona State dominated the poll uh, of all the teams. They got 36% of the votes. And that, to me, wasn't that surprising because, hey, Colorado fans kind of look at Arizona State fans like a bunch of schmucks. I mean, they look at them like they're bottom feeders. You know, I mean, the shocker hand signal is like this perverted, convoluted sexual practice that shouldn't be turned into a fandom <laughs> sign. And Jake Shapiro's doing it, and it's really disgusting right yeah, now. He has his tongue out. <laughs> it's really uncomfortable in here. Um, and, and generally, people don't like Coach Graham at ASU as well. And then you had you What's had up the with his headset thing? Whose man's it's, is that? His headset thing is the worst. It's, it's terrible. Um, and then you have the basketball stuff as well. So I think Arizona State didn't shock me, but USC coming in second with 21% of the votes absolutely shocked. Like, what contention has there been with USC? Like, they're just better than CU. There's been no drama. I mean, I guess everybody hated Lane Kiffin because of something, but that makes no sense to me. I, I, don't, I don't really understand really many, any of them. I mean, <laughs> ASU, like... I, yeah, their fans suck, and like, what, I guess they keep smashing CU, so that sucks. But like, what? Uh, well, they've had chances so, to win the ASU so, like, game. They're just there, like. Games. I mean, they did the two years yeah. ago in the blackout game. They had a chance to win that CU. They had ASU a fumble game. on the goal line, I believe. And then last year they had a chance too. Or no, they didn't. No, they did not. They did not. Have was that a the game where they? That were was like, the game they were at the wedding. I was at a they wedding. Were, they were down close at halftime, but then they got blown no, out. No, so. it was never close. I finished my Three recap in the ago? half. Oh or no, last year. Last. Oh no, two years ago. Two years ago, it was really close. And was it? that was it the wasn't game. really close. They ended up getting they ended up getting blown out in the second half yeah. after well, fumbling. I know CU got the spread, so. Okay. Game still hurts. I should remember that. <laughs> um, I just I don't understand where the where the animosity comes really for any of these teams. Um, I feel like it's all manufactured yeah, because they lost by fourteen to Arizona State. It's like what I mean, what has ASU? What they lost by fourteen? Which year? Th- two years ago. It was, it was a fourteen spread with seventeen and a half. Oh my God! Shut up. <laughs> um, I just I. I if anything, I would say, like, Oregon or something like that because their fans are so annoying. I do have a funny story about an ASU fan, though. First year in the Pac-12, I go down to Tempe for the game, and the Buffs got blown out. I think it was something like 42-14. to 14. 
Um, and I was talking to an ASU fan. Bryce Badwin and I were talking about uh, talking to an ASU fan. We're like, yeah, man, but like the basketball team's going to be pretty good this year. Watch out. And he's like, no way, man. Look at the athletes on this field right now and try and tell me that the basketball team is going to beat our team. And I was like, well, no, this is football, and that's, that's basketball. It's a different sport. And he's like, but look at the athletes on the field right now and try and tell me that. Of course, then CU goes on to win the Pac-12 tournament and, you know. Yeah, I mean, Arizona State fans, I think, in general, especially Arizona State grads in the media, those guys are the worst. <laughs> those guys are the worst. They don't give their subscribers a heads up because of contractual issues. No, I mean, honestly, I was – I thought you'd get a little bit more traction for Cal than you did in this poll. They only got 9.4% of the votes. Oregon got 187 And I guess Oregon fans could be high and mighty, I guess. It's just they, they weren't there, and now they're there. Right, right. Well, I mean, Oregon's been good for a while. That's a thing. Like, in the late mid to late 90s, they started coming on. And then in the early two thousands, they were really good. Their fans wear like wide receivers' gloves. To the I game. mean, their fans. Yeah, yeah their fans are the, super douchey. There's like a lot of Oregon fans every time uh, they play in Boulder, and it's not because there's a lot of visitor. Uh, it's not because there's a lot of travelers. It's because there's a lot of Oregon fans in Boulder that are just like, "Oh, this is a good team. I'm gonna right. like them," kind of thing. Yeah. Like every kid I know is an Oregon fan. I think. Really. Yeah, I don't like think just I know like a single Oregon fan. It's like Cam like, Newton and Under Armour and Steph Curry. Right. Like they all are just they are, you know. It's all right, fair enough. All one. Yeah, I thought again. I thought Cal would get more more uh, traction than that. And honestly, where's the hate for Utah, guys? Nobody hates Utah. Five percent of the voters. More like Utah. No. No. <laughs> no. Uh, I saw Will's face. That, that's that is weird to me because at least there's been like some rivalry esque games involved in that series. Exactly. Like there's and there's been some controversy. Yeah. Players getting thrown mm-hmm. out of the games, fumbles, like big plays. I mean, there's been exciting football played between those and and the last game of the season, even when it hasn't meant anything for CU as of late. I mean, those have been emotional football games. They probably and could have won this last year if it wasn't for. One, Kate Apse starting, and two, Kate Apse not finishing. Right. And three, Kate Apse being terrible. <laughs> wow. Well, that's that what I said starting. Ones. I mean, if Cepho is still healthy, I think they probably, they'd probably be that. And they might even beat USC. Right. Oh, they were – I mean, they were hot. So, I mean, that's the thing, though. I, I, I would think that you would see more hate. I'll tell you what. From a, from a media perspective, I Arizona fans are the worst. I, I Oh, but, but that's a basketball. No, thing. no. I it's It's a general – life existence. Do they even have football fans? They do. Wow. For some ungodly reason. <laughs> is it the same like 80-year-olds that like the basketball team? Or Sometimes. Is it, uh, and then guys in like really awkwardly thin sleeveless shirts. You know the ones that don't come all the way out to the shoulder but they're also not tank tops? They're like cut and trimmed oh, like, into yeah, a really thin... It's just like a string? Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, it's not guys. something that I enjoy looking at ever. <laughs> um, I know Ryan probably has a couple of his own but nonetheless. No. No, no, I don't think you I avoid do. that. Okay, mine's that you know, uh, an inch and a quarter, inch and a quarter, inch and a quarter over the is, shoulder. Is that the general rule for <laughs> sleeveless t-shirts? Yeah, I think that's the inch and a quarter. Okay, it's like the Mendoza line. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just I, in my social media interactions with Pac-12 fans, and and again, most of it's been in basketball in my career, but there's been a lot of football interactions, and I get 
I've always thought Arizona fans were just the worst to deal with because they're they're the most delusional. You were talking about that Arizona State fan who's like, look at the athletes on the football field. Compare that to basketball. Arizona fans will extract basketball success into absolutely everything in their lives. I'm the worst lawyer in the world. I've been sued for malpractice 13 times as a doctor. But look at the uh, athletes on that basketball court. You know, those are the types of people that most Arizona fans are. <laughs> yeah, Arizona. I mean, I, I won't I won't disagree. I don't know if any of those fans like aren't. Stanford, I don't even know what no. – do they have fans? You couldn't uh, Stanford. UCLA, kind of the same thing. UCLA is – here's another funny story uh, from Bryce. Apparently, like, when they were walking into the Rose Bowl this year, like, every UCLA fan, like, comes up and they're like, welcome to the Rose Bowl. Like, welcome into our stadium. And he's like, it was the weirdest thing ever. Like, I would be like, so away from uncomfortable. <laughs> like, super nice fans. Yeah. Like, guys, would you like me to buy you a drink as soon as you – it's like, no, safe – Tell me to go screw myself yep. or something like that. Yeah, just what do you guys think? Like in terms of you oh. guys see the fans, like what? Who do they hate? Who should they hate? Who do you hate? Chap, speak up, say something for God's sake. I, I, You're I a think, student. I think they're very. I think us as students and fans, uh, the fans are very confused as to who to hate in the pack. Also, why you need CSU on your schedule? Um, for now, you need someone to they, hate. They don't. They literally. I mean, they Utah. They're trying to make a rival, but that's not happen. It's just but, not, it's, look, but honestly, by that time in the football season, one, all the students are gone on break. Yeah. Two, so they, ne- well, they never see that game. Two, the season's over by then, so right. they're not paying attention and they're all focusing on basketball. So that's it. But like the team I would say that the students get most up for besides the CSU game, uh, besides whichever game's the blackout game, tends to be the Arizona State game. Yeah. So I will say that. But that's that, been a blackout game right, and a Thursday like, night right, game. Right, right. That's been that, so it kind of works in that way. But uh, I think a lot of people try to create something with UCLA just because there's a lot of history with the UCLA uh, athletic program. Um, and same, I think it's same more with USC. I think that's more but with USC. I was, football, that's what I was yeah, going yeah, yeah. to. But that's what I was going to. And But, like, mostly it. it's USC. And I think it's because CU fans want to say they are competing against the best. Well, I guarantee you, you go read the comments of this, and they'll be on all buffs, and someone will say, you know, USC needs to be our USC rival. USC is the blue blood. They right. stay down long. So and that's that, the yeah. thing. And yeah. it's, ASU, it's the, I, just because I do, not the same for hoops. It's yeah, because, I just really it's because and it all go back, goes back to Coach McCartney. Yeah. It all goes back to Coach McCartney, who said, Nebraska is our rival. We're writing their name in red. They're our red-letter game. We hate them because they're the best right now. And it was great then. I don't – it's just – it's tough. It's tough. And then, yeah. like, Oregon's another one of those. They've been good for a long time as of late. So, you know, the students are just like, hey, let's go out I, and beat the best kind of thing. But a, it's not like a hatred thing. Does a CU coach or prominent player just need to say something ridiculously outlandish in the media towards a Pac-12 school so we can generate something here? Yeah, but, I mean, they don't – that's why athletes suck. Because they won't do that? <laughs> yeah. Give us the big brother I just want – so, Loof out again. Yeah, somebody needs to Dinwiddie someone. You know, like even if it's, even if it makes absolutely zero sense. Like, can you imagine if Seva Luha was just like, you know what? I just have to say, like, ASU is absolute trash. Like, everyone that goes there, all their players, their coaches are just trash. Their alumni are trash. Everything that university represents sucks. And everything about Tempe and Phoenix represents what's wrong with the world. Today. And he says this whole thing while staring Adam right in the eyes. Yeah, that's what I want. I need. We need something because honestly, as a media member, it's that's what the CSU game is fun for me because you get reader like how much we interact with people on uh, social media. 
you get really strong opinions. And rivalry weeks, you get really strong opinions. You get a lot of activity. You get a lot of readership. And there isn't that right now for 99% of the season. And I kind of wish that there was something, you know, when, when students are engaged, when fans are engaged, that would just rile people up in the middle of the year. Real quick, let's just do this. Who, who on the team is most likely to give a good quote like that? Phil, Phil Lindsay. Lindsay. <laughs> there we go. So, Not even close. Every week, you guys need to go up to Phil Lindsay and just try and incite him a little bit. Just like, yo, if you were to – you know no, what, I'm not like, going to Did go you there. hear what uh, AS, the, the ASU coaches said when they were scouting your brother? It's like, what? I don't know, man. They just said, you know, this guy kind of sucks. Like, what do you think about that? Should I just start making up random quotes from other coaches to tell to <laughs> Phil like, Lindsay? Make it like bulletin board material. Like, bring your own bulletin board and, like, walk up to Phil <laughs> Lindsay and, like, put it on there and just, like, stab a pin into it. And you're like, did you see this? Or react. <laughs> we need a weekly feature of riling up Phil Lindsay <laughs> yes. on bsnbuffs.com. Yo, we should have Phil Lindsay every week break down the opponent. Like, just be like. Like, like emotionally, a, emotionally, but not actually what right. they are. What they are, the, right? Like wh- when you like word what association. What do you think of with Coach <laughs> like? It was like Coastal Carolina. What is a Chantelier? And like <laughs> Phil Lindsay has to describe what a Chantelier is. Chanticleer. Sh- whatever. Oh, yes, man. I'm not the only person to mess up a word on the podcast today. <laughs> the the moral of the, this segment is that Phil Lindsay is the greatest quote. Of all time. He definitely has no facade. It's just himself. Oh, look at <laughs> We're gonna come right back and talk about. Top three most irreplaceable football players on uh, the squad this year. So stick around, and we're going to be right back. 35 miles west of Vail, nestled in the Rocky Mountains, is Colorado's most beautiful golf course, Gypsum Creek. The creek flows through the course as Colorado wildlife is spotted, along with views of the Red Table Mountains. You can play this spectacular course for as low as $68 for 18 holes, and that even includes the cart. The twilight rate is less than half of that. Book your next tournament, wedding, or special event at gypsumcreekgolf.com. That's gypsumcreekgolf.com. Euflora is the Apple Store of cannabis with three locations, the biggest selection in the state, and a tech-driven shopping experience. Euflora is the only dispensary you need. Euflora has over 75 types of edibles, tinctures, topicals, and drinks, and they have over 20 strains of flour at all times. To see everything Euflora has to offer, go to eufloracolorado.com. That's eufloracolorado.com. When is the last time you went to the Rock Restaurant and Bar on Smoky Hill Road? With 69-cent wings on Mondays, trivia on Tuesdays, and $2 domestics during happy hour and weekends, the Rock Restaurant and Bar is the only choice when I'm in South Aurora. They're open 9 a.m. to 2 a.m. every day, making them a great place for a big breakfast, tasty lunch, or a nice dinner. The Rock is off of Smoky Hill Road, just a few blocks west of E-470. Find them online at therockrest.com. That's therockrest.com. Why go to the Clock Tower Grill? Because of the burgers? Sure. How about the 15 big screen TVs and the 100-inch projection screen? Okay. How about the fact that it's conveniently located at the Lincoln Light Rail Station? Yep. We could do this all day. The bottom line is that the Clock Tower Grill has unique food and drink specials every single day and offers something for everyone all the time. Head down to the Lincoln Light Rail Station and let's have some fun at the Clock Tower Grill. 
Back on the BSN Buffs podcast, this is Jake Stroh alongside Ryan Conesburg and Will Whalen wrapping up the podcast with one last segment here. The top three most irreplaceable players on this year's football team. Uh, I think we're probably going to have a lot of the same guys in our top two, but I'm interested to see which guy is your third guy because I, th- I think we're all going to agree on the first two. Ryan, I'll let you start. Yeah, I think there could be some contention here between who's number one and who's number two. To me, the single most irreplaceable player on the roster this season is Sefo Lufau. Uh, I just, I, I've, it's well documented that I love um, what Steven Montez has in the bag of tools. But if Steven Montez is your quarterback this year, I don't believe you're going to a bowl game. Um, it's just too much of a learning curve for him. Um, and obviously Jordan Gerke, you know, who may even have that job if Sefo went down. Um, same sort of feelings. You, you're not reaching your peak without him. Without him. Uh, number two is Cheeto. Uh, just, uh, just the most the most impactful player uh, on defense, maybe in the entire conference. He's going to do everything for them this year. And the number three for me is Jeremy Irwin. Uh, last year he goes down, and the entire shift and everything that went on on the offensive line just went absolutely out the window after he goes down last year. Uh, if he goes down, you're scrambling again, and literally you're scrambling. Sefa will be scrambling back there. Uh, can't afford to lose your starting left tackle and really a player who's underrated in this league. For me, my number one is Cheeto Bayouzier. Uh So we just disagreed on that. My second is Sefa Lufau. I think we saw how close they were to getting to a bowl game last year. Uh, you know, they were closer than I think the record ended up being. But if Sefo Lufau is healthy, I think they actually get there. Uh, we kind of talked about that with that USC and uh, Utah games earlier. Uh, Cheeto, obviously the best player on the team, I think, and that's why he's irreplaceable. My third, Alex, uh, Alex Kinney. Uh, because if you lose your punter. Get out of here. If you lose your punter, I think you're screwed. I, I you think, just go for it on fourth down every time. No, you just go to your backup punter. Who's their backup punter? Uh, some walk-on? I don't know. There you go. That's the problem. It doesn't problem. matter. No, no, no. You can live with 35-yard punts more than you can live without a left tackle. I, I think they're, the left tackle – there's other guys that can step in there. There's guys on scholarship. There's guys that can step in there. The punter, though, if you, you're down your punter, we talked about this on a video that we're doing up on bsnbuffs.com uh, uh, BSN that's coming up soon. But Alex Kinney, uh, the way he changes the game uh, in terms of field position, I think that's really important. Get out it's of here. It's not top three or get out of here. Get, get right. out of here. My third guy, I mean – I Counting down backwards. My, well, no, because no, I mean, do the it, first, the do first, it, no, do it, no. do it. Counting down backwards. We need some. We need some. Uh, Top three. No, I mean, you have to go with Sefo and Cheeto Bay uh, for the first two. I I would go Sefo one because honestly, without him at quarterback, you have no shot at a bowl game. Without Cheeto, you probably have no shot at a bowl game. But I think it's less of a certainty than without Sefo. Cheeto doesn't impact every single play on defense. Whereas Cepho impacts every, every single, single play, play on offense. offense. Um, my number three, though, would be Shea Fields. Uh, because I, I understand the argument for offensive line. I don't understand the argument for punter. I think that's <laughs> idiotic. I love you a lot. But that, no. I feel slightly more stupid <laughs> after listening to <laughs> no, no, I, you made a, You made a valid argument. That's, a, that's the title of the podcast. It's BSM Buffs Podcast. You'll feel slightly <laughs> more <laughs> stupid after listening to this. <laughs> No, I mean, for me, 
The reason why I would have Shea Fields number three is because when you think about the makeup of this conference and how high scoring it could be and all of that, I think the biggest key to this year is the offense finding explosion, finding reliability in the passing game minus Nelson Spruce. This is the first time they'll be without that established number one wide receiver in how many years? I think Shea is, though. Well, he's, a, he's the established number one wide receiver, but that is that has proven to be a number one wide, wide receiver before. This I mean, will be the first Nelson time hadn't while. Nelson hadn't bef- proven to be a number one before P. Rich left. But, I, but that's the thing is that, in my opinion, every three years to not have a guy where you're like, yeah, like him stepping into the number one is – is a is a not just a given, but you feel really comfortable with that. I felt really comfortable with Nelson Spruce stepping in. Also, my expectations for the team were lower, so maybe that has something to do with it. But you think about the string of wide receivers that see has had. You go, uh, you had Marcus Seamus for a few years. You had Scotty McKnight. You had Tony Clemens, P. Rich, Nelson Spruce, all these guys. And now you're moving on to Shea Fields, and there's a lot of pressure on him to step into that. I was a four star. I am the guy. This is my time now. I, I put a lot of thought into putting Shea there because if you lose Shea, now what? What exactly? Where, where like Devin Ross is a solid number three two hybrid weapon. You know, Donovan Lee being utilized in the passing game a little bit more. He's gonna obviously You'd see probably more time. have to take him you, you out of the backfield you if, you, if you, you lost Shea. Him. Yeah, uh, I mean Bryce Bobo, uh, talented, hasn't yet he's never put it together. Right. You know, and, and so, he hasn't gotten the targets to his credit. Um, and what that, what causes that? Who knows? But yeah, that's why I do that's agree. I do agree that's tough. I do agree that's tough. And that and it's not. I mean, he's not. When everything else is humming, he's a guy that kind of fits into everything. But I I do think that he's gonna. Be, there's gonna be a lot asked of him, and this is the first year where he's gonna have so much attention paid on him because he doesn't have possibly the most reliable wide receiver in college football on the other side from him. I'd love to see them get really creative with how they use him this year. And they will, the same way they had to do with Nelson. Yep. I think they're – I want to see him get the ball in the backfield even a couple times in terms of reverses or pitches, whatever it is. He he did that a few times last year, I think. And they've shown the ability to – And they lined up His freshman year. His freshman year, they used him in a lot of different ways. Screens, down the field, in the middle. I'd like to see them continue that. And I want to see him take that jump. He, he showed a lot of flashes as a freshman, a lot of flashes as a sophomore. I didn't feel like he made a huge leap as a sophomore. He did. It's, it's easy to forget because he had that injury that really limited him late, but he was really starting to he, break out. He was starting to. You know, I want to see the leap where you go from a really a, a good player that you can rely on that can make plays to the guy every game. We were like, we need to get him 12 touches. And we need him above 95, 90 yards to win. That's what, you know, with, with Nelson Spruce, it was he needs to touch the ball between nine and 15 times a game at minimum nine, you know, anywhere from in that range. We need to get him around or above 100 all purpose yards to feel like we're competing in a game. Um, and my question is Shea Fields took some pressure off him at times. Who's going to take the pressure off of him? He's going to have to do a lot himself, and that's why I have him as my number three. Gotcha. And he's wearing number one this year, so he knows he's important. Um, he is important, and that's important to always have an important player wearing number one. And it's also important to know how important you are. Self-loathing has no place on a football field. <laughs> Self-assurance sure does. 
Sounds like something John Wooden would say. It was something John would. No, it wasn't. But it sounds oh, like it. Yeah, it does I sound like it. That's going to wrap up the BSN Bus podcast for this week, live from the Blake Street Tavern. Thank you uh, to the Blake Street Tavern for being Always. wonderful hosts. Uh, this place, we say it every week, but this place really is home for us. Uh, it's our office. It's our playground. It's everything that we could ever want. Um, so uh, come by. Tearing up a little bit. You'll probably <laughs> the K <laughs> the K Jewelers commercial on the t- oh we don't sponsor them the jewelry commercial on the TV <laughs> really got me. No, but really this place is awesome. We're here. We spend a lot of time here. If you ever come down, you'll probably even run into us. So if you're looking to, to fight us, you know where to find us. <laughs> uh, <laughs> trying to catch these hands. <laughs> you want to get Draymond Green, then you can come find me here. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you back next Thursday. Uh, as always, if you have any questions for us, hit us up on Twitter at BSNBus or at William Whalen, at Chapalicious, at Ryan Konigsberg, or follow us on online at BSNBus.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back soon. Just